Hi guys, this is Brian Lee. I love you and I've been praying for you. And uh, there's a lot going on in the world today, but there's even more going on in the kingdom. I just want to bring a message of peace and strength to all of God's people, especially the members of Boost Church, and let you know that uh, God has his hand on us. He'll never take his hand off of us. No matter how the storms of life may uh, swirl around us, we have nothing to fear. There's no fear here. Are you with me? Let's pray. Father, in Jesus' name, we have a moment in time, Lord. This is our moment. Help us to seize it. In Jesus' name, help us to please you in all things. Amen, amen, amen. Guys, I'm going to read tonight from uh, Isaiah chapter 60, uh, verse 1. In this King James, Kenneth Copeland reference edition, Zondervan Bible that uh, we just took out of the box. So it would require a little bit of breaking in, but it's kind of nice to get back to a paper Bible here for a change. It says in Isaiah chapter 60, verse one, arise, shine, for thy light is come, and the glory of the Lord is risen upon thee. For behold, the darkness shall cover the earth, and gross darkness the people, but the Lord shall rise upon you, and his glory shall be seen upon you. This is a prophetic utterance for the church age. It is a peculiar message for the day that we are living in. Because right now, gross darkness is covering the earth, uh, and but not you and not me. Because we are in the kingdom of God. I'm reminded of uh, when Moses told the Pharaoh, let my people go. And uh, one of the plagues that came upon Egypt was the darkness. But you'll remember that there was light in the land of Goshen. Uh, one of the scriptures uh, referring to that episode says that the, the darkness was painful. It was painful is how dark it was. But God's people had light where? In their houses. Say, in their houses. Say this with me. Say, in my house. I have light. There may be darkness out there in the world, friend, but in your house, you have light because Jesus is Lord. Now, we're just going to talk a little bit tonight, some practical and some spiritual as well. Now, uh, there's nobody on earth <laughs> except Jesus that knew that coronavirus was going to blow up like it did. And uh, right now, we are in uncharted territory. All of our society... Is, is in uncharted territory. The church is in uncharted territory, but we have the Holy Ghost and we have the written word of God. The great thing about the faith life is that you don't have to change your lifestyle to accommodate the changes that you see in society, the changes that you see in the economy, the changes that you may see in your health. You just keep living by faith. And the world around you may be scrambling. You notice if you turn the news on, they tell you just about everything they know in just a couple of minutes. And then they'll spend about five minutes selling you drugs to make you feel better over it. But you and I, we have the drug, the high that never goes away. We have the drink that never runs dry and you'll never have a hangover. His name is Jesus. And my friendly neighborhood uh, preacher advice to you would be stay with Jesus, stay in the word, stay with Boost Church. Now, uh, the, the Global Village Academy has uh, closed its doors for the time being. They don't know how long. I don't know how long. 
They're doing a deep cleaning on the carpets, the ceiling, the, the bathrooms, everything. Uh, I'm sure they're sparing no expense, and it's got to be very expensive. But um, uh, for the time being, until further notice, the principal has, has uh, informed us, uh, the Global Village Academy will be closed. But Boost Church is never closed. You see, uh, in August of 2014, uh, the Lord spoke to me ever so clearly and uh, said, this is your calling. This is your anointing. Uh, don't look back. You will, you will ascend to plateaus and vistas, and therein lies your destiny. And I believe that if you're called to be a member of Boost Church, that you have embraced that vision, and you and I, were ascending to plateaus and vistas together as the body of Christ. And we're not looking back. And it doesn't matter if we meet in a, in a building. It doesn't matter if we meet in, in the home. It doesn't matter if we meet in a park. The Holy Ghost is the same. The faith life is the same. The written word of God never changes. And you and I, we're going to make it through this. We're going to stick together like a family of faith, and we're going to make it through this. And we're going to come out, I'll tell you what, smelling like a rose. Do you believe that? Say amen if you believe that. So we're going to be sharing with you for a few moments here tonight, after much prayer and consideration and uh, counseling with our elders and counseling with our leadership team, uh, we've come up with what we believe is a very strong plan to keep Boost Church, not just keep us together, but make us even stronger. Because I'll tell you what, if you can make it through this, friend, you're going to find that uh, you are trained for the next thing that's coming down the line. And we're living in a day and time where when the coronavirus is over, uh, there's no guarantee that the waters are going to be tranquil from now on uh, for, the, for the duration of eternity. It's probably not going to be like that. Um, I think if you read the words of Christ in uh, like Matthew 25, you're going to see that he's talking about as we get closer to the end of time, the pressure on the body of Christ, the pressure on this culture, the pressure on the world system is going to increase. People have no answers. And if you look at the news, you can see that. And just like I say, just a couple of minutes, you can see they have no answers. But we have the way, the truth, and the life. His name is Jesus. We have the answers that they're looking for. That's why the prophet Isaiah said, arise shine for your light has come and the glory of the Lord has risen upon you. There's people that are looking for what you have. And I just believe that as we come closer together, that the, uh, the glory of God is magnified on his church. This was always God's plan. In John chapter 17, Jesus said, my glory I'm given to the church. Now you and I, we got to receive it and we are going to reflect that glory. Amen. Can you say amen? Now let's, let's, Get with the program and stay stay in our lane, all right? Stay with the Word of God. Stay with Boost Church. Stay with, stay with me. Cindy and I, we uh, don't have even an iota of fear in us. We do, do not have an iota of quit in us. We don't have even a shred of uh, discouragement or doubt or any of that. We know exactly what we need to do, and I want to share it with you here uh, in the next few moments. So we are going to uh, take our boost groups. Now we have been training our boost group leaders for the last year and a half on how to have home church. Now I've preached a number of messages on home church throughout uh, my life and ministry. Uh, you can see it in the pages of the Bible. And Cindy and I learned many, many years ago that uh, the church was never meant to meet only 
in the synagogue or the temple, but also in, in homes. Most of the activity that you see, most of the Bible teaching that you see in the New Testament, in the book of Acts, and in the letters to the church took place in people's homes. So we're, we're not foreign to this environment at all. You and I, we're going to excel in this environment. So what we're going to do is we're going to set up a, a live stream on Sunday morning through this camera, all right? And we're going to be sharing with you uh, a church service right here in my house. We're going to worship, sing. We're going to praise God. We're going to receive offerings just like we always do. We're going to encourage you. We'll have an altar call. We'll lay hands on the sick just like we always do. And uh, you're going to benefit tremendously from this. Amen. And and I know that we all will. So uh, uh, Michael and, and Sammy... They're on board. All of our uh, uh, boost group leaders are on board. If you've been in a boost group, your boost group leader is going to be contacting you. All right. In the coming uh, moments, either tonight, tomorrow, the next day, you will be contacted. Don't worry about it. And you're going to be assigned to a boost group. Now, we for the for the uh, the health and safety of our people. We are going to assign you to a boost group, okay? And it's going to be by RSVP only, all right? So uh, your boost group will will contact your boost group leader will contact you, and there will be a brief interview where uh, we make sure that we understand we're on the same page, that you know where you're supposed to go, when you're supposed to go, and you're taking the right precautions and so on and so forth. Listen, hand washing's in the Bible. Hopefully nobody's stopped washing their hands, and I know a lot of people have increased their hand washing. Let's just observe some basic hygiene here. Can you say amen? And make sure that uh, we're not creating more problems, okay? Either for ourselves, for our families, or for Boost Church. So just if you would cooperate with us through these uncharted waters, uh, you're going to be glad you did. So your boost group leader will be contacting you. There will be a brief interview. And without that interview, you will not be assigned a, uh, a home church or a home group. Now, again, I'm going to you know, state this again. I don't know how long this is going to be. Uh, we are praying about the next steps that boost has to take. And uh, we are waiting on God. And right now, this we feel quite confident and secure that this is exactly what the Lord wants us to do is to gather our people together on Sunday morning at 10 o'clock in various boost group home churches throughout the city. So you will be contacted. If you are not contacted or if you have any questions about how this is going to work, okay, I want you to send an email to info at boostchurch.com. That's I-N-F-O at boostchurch.com. And we will make their crooked places straight. You're going to love it. All right? So do everything in your power to uh, respond when your boost group uh, leader uh, contacts you. And everything's going to be just fine. So we are going to remain in prayer for this nation. We're going to remain in prayer for our president. He needs it. Uh, The governor of, of Colorado needs prayer right now. I need prayer right now. And you need prayer right now. I am asking the members of Boost Church to take some special time and spend some time praying in the Spirit. Now, when I say praying in the Spirit, you know that we're referring to praying in tongues, praying in your heavenly language. 
Uh, I would encourage you when you get together in your boost group or just when you're going about your daily business in your home, if you are fortunate enough to be able to go to work, uh, on your way to work, I would encourage you to uh, be praying in the Spirit. And, and again, pray for Boost Church. Pray for direction for Boost Church. Pray for a new building for Boost Church. We are believing uh, that we are receiving our building in the name of Jesus. Remember that brick we held up on Sunday morning? That is the seed. Now, we have a significantly uh, uh, growing amount in our boost uh, in our building fund right now. It's over $2,000. I don't have that at my fingertips. Perhaps I can get that here in a moment. But it is growing every week. That is seed money for us to acquire a new building. Now, listen, this is a great time for us to make a move. And we are waiting on God, believing for the very best. You know, God is doing extraordinary things. There came a prophecy through Brother Jerry Savell. Uh, about 2020, that God is going to open a huge door, and this is going to be year, a, a year of unprecedented increase in Jesus' name. Are you with me on that? Say increase in Jesus' name. There's going to be a huge door of opportunity, according to the prophecies that have gone out, uh, for the body of Christ, and Boost Church, for one, is going to seize those opportunities. Now, I'm just going to share with you just a little bit more about all of this. So again, at 10 o'clock Sunday morning, we will be having uh, home groups throughout the city. And I'm going to give you a little bit of scripture for that, okay? Look at Acts, Acts chapter 8, verse 3 with me. It says, as for Saul, remember the apostle Paul, before he was born again, before his call to the ministry, he was Saul of Tarsus. He was a very religious man. He was a very angry man. He was angry at the church. And it says here in Acts chapter 8, verse 3, that he made havoc of the church, entering into every house and uh, grabbing men and women and put them in prison. Now, notice that the, the, uh, uh, the Saul of Tarsus had to find Christians meeting in houses. It says he entered into every house and grabbed up on the men and women that were having church there. That tells me, if words mean anything, that people were having church in the house because it says he made havoc of the church entering into every house. So house church in the first century was a very common thing. This is going to be this is going to be you and I, uh, just simply like a fish swimming up the river and just finding a tributary of that river and swimming basically the same water, but just in a tributary of the same river that you've been swimming in your whole life. Amen. You're going to notice the same spirit, the same anointing, and the same word, obviously, is going to be preached and taught and embraced and fed upon in our home church meetings. Look with me for just a moment at Acts chapter 16, verse 5. The Apostle Paul writing many years later uh, to the church at Rome. And he says, greet the church that is in this one brother's house. In Acts, excuse me, Romans chapter 16, verse 5, he says, greet the church that meets in that house and salute my well-beloved Eponidas, who is the first fruits of Achaia unto Christ. They were meeting in churches. Churches were meeting in homes, that is to speak, that is to say, in the book of Romans. He says that over and over, he greets them, if you read his writings at the end of the book of Romans. At the end of many of his writings, he says, greet the friends that are meeting in the home churches. Look at uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 16, verse 9. He says, the churches of Asia salute you. 
Aquila and Priscilla salute you much in the Lord with the church that is in their house. So it was commonplace and it was uh, certainly valid for the early church to meet in houses, in people's homes, because you got to understand the religious atmosphere at the time. They didn't have stadiums to meet in because those stadiums were occupied by the Greeks and the Romans with their uh, with their athletic events and such, you see. And, and, and preachers couldn't just walk up, you know, to the Roman proctor and say, oh, rent that stadium there for $5,000 a month or some such as this. You understand quite well, I'm sure, that they were limited on where they could meet. Therefore, they had to forsake not the assembling of themselves together, but meet wherever they could. Very similar to the situation we find ourselves in, where many of us are locked out of our buildings, or we have... Uh, the president of the United States and the governor of this state asking us politely, would we please cooperate while they do everything in their power to uh, limit the uh, the access of this virus to society? Now, uh, uh, you know, a lot of us uh, really, when we first looked at that, thought, well, our freedoms are being encroached upon. I just don't think that's the case anymore. I just don't think that's the case anymore because uh, they're not ordering us not to meet. They're simply asking and recommending that we do this for the good of society. Now, I think, you know, I've kind of migrated my position just a little bit. I think it'd be all right for the church to do something, make some little sacrifices for the good of society and for the good of our culture. I don't feel like my freedoms are being uh, limited here, okay? Besides that, I'm one of the guys that uh, is locked out of his building. Some, some people own their own building, and they're still cooperating and trying their best to uh, limit the size of their crowds and use social distancing and things like this. I, I understand all of that. I get that. But I think if uh, the word has gone out from one of our uh, believers, one of our leaders in the faith, that if we could just cooperate for a couple of weeks, it would go a long way to eradicating this virus. Because I think a lot of us know, and the scientists have already said, that this virus cannot survive well in warm weather. And uh, we're going to be in April here pretty soon. And in Colorado, anyway, we're going to get some nice warm weather. It was in the 60s here in March here in Broomfield today. And uh, I think some nice warm weather's on the way. And, and I just believe that this thing's going to be over pretty soon. I don't think that, uh, that there's going to be martial law. I don't believe that. I don't think that's going to happen. Uh, and I think that the thing is going to just blow over. And especially if we pray. If we pray for our leaders, like I tell you every Sunday morning at Boost Church, we should be praying for our leaders, praying for the president, that he would be surrounded by godly people, by wise men and women that are full of the Holy Ghost. And I, I happen to know, I got a little bit of inside information that the president has the man of God carrying the Bible into the Oval Office and counseling with him on some of these things. And that's a good thing for the body of Christ to, to, uh, to recognize. So I'm doing what I can to cooperate and not create more, uh, uh, you know, rebellion or strife or that kind of thing in, in the country. We just don't need that right now. I think the body of Christ right now, as Isaiah said, the glory of the Lord is risen upon you. Let's embrace that glory. Let's reflect that glory. Let the glory flow out of us as we walk in love, walk in faith, and stay in the word of God. Will you do that with me? Who's with me out there? Say amen if you're, if you're with me there. You can comment on the YouTube channel and let us know you're, you're on board with that. Will you do that, please? Well, God bless you. Now, I want to read you another scripture or two here and see if we can't just edify the body of Christ some. Look at Colossians chapter 4, 
verse 15, uh, the apostle writing to the church at Colossae, he says, salute the brethren which are in Laodicea and Nymphus and the church that's in his house. Now, I think there is ample evidence from these three or four scriptures that we have read here that churches routinely met in people's homes. And it's going to be uh, it's going to be a very simple transition for us to do that. We've been doing it anyway. We've been having boost groups anyway on Thursday nights, Friday nights, Saturday mornings, and it's been a great uh, 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 you know part of the growth of Boost Church and the spiritual growth of the members of Boost Church. So stay on stay on on track with us here and tune in. Now listen to me very carefully. If you uh, are are uh, are are not up to it. And, and you're not ready to meet in a home church, you can watch us online. I'm not going to pressure anybody to either participate in home church or online. You have that choice, but you, I really believe that you need to stay connected during these times. And that's my calling uh, uh, that the Lord put on my life to lead God's people and to feed God's people as a shepherd to keep God's people together. That is my calling. Now, you can make my job a little easier if you'll just stay in on track with us either online or meet with us in person in home churches. Again, I want to reiterate that the home churches are by RSVP only. We're going to maintain some management of the comings and goings of who is at which home church. There's a number of reasons why we're doing that but it's mainly for your safety and security, okay? All right, because I want you to understand that the, the host homes uh, are, are, are being very generous to allow us to meet in their homes. So let's be respectful of these things, shall we? Look at it again, I'm gonna read it again. Uh, in Colossians 4.15, the Apostle Paul says, greet the brethren that are in Laodicea and Nymphus and the church that's in his house. So this Nymphus fella was having house church. Can you say amen? Look at Philemon, uh, or some people might say Philemon. Chapter one, only one chapter in Philemon. Verse two, he says, and to our beloved Aphia and Archippus, our fellow soldier, and to the church in your house, Philemon. So the apostle Paul is asking uh, Philemon to greet some of the brethren, uh, Apphia and Archippus. Uh, one brother used to call him Archipus, but I'm going to go with Archippus, all right, who is our fellow soldier. You know, this is, key, this is significant language. The Apostle Paul would greet his fellow soldiers. This is a time for the body of Christ to take on a soldier's mentality and to stay in rank and to stay under authority. You know, uh, sometimes in a war, uh, a commanding officer might have to send uh, a soldier or a platoon or a detail out beyond his eyesight to uh, perform a certain task in the, in the military world. You understand that, I'm sure. Those men that are out there on that detail are required to remain under authority, as are we. Now, I want you to know that I don't ask you to do anything that I have not done. I check in with my elders. Yesterday morning and previous to that, I was personally uh, uh, being counseled by uh, Pastor Steve Shank, one of my 
uh, elders, fathers in the faith, a man that I rely upon for his many, many decades of, uh, of service in the kingdom. Uh, and he, I'm taking some advice from him. I think that's okay because the body of Christ is supposed to function like an army. It's not a democracy, okay? Uh, and so I have humbled myself and submitted myself to authority so I wouldn't ask you to do something that I am unwilling to do. I uh, also take some advice from uh, uh, Brother Jerry and from Brother Kenneth and for those that uh, I'm ordained by, those that I'm instructed by, and those that I am supernaturally connected to in the body of Christ. I would ask you to do the very same thing that I, that I do. Uh, because it, that's just how the kingdom functions, and we're going to maintain order. We're going to maintain rank. We're going to maintain uh, a sense of purpose in our comings and goings at Boost Church, and all God's people said amen. All right, so he says, greet uh, Aphia, Archie Puss, our fellow soldiers, and to the church in your house. So what are we going to be, uh, what's it going to look like on Sunday morning at Boost Church, House Church, where you will be attending? Uh, well, I will be in front of this camera and we will live stream to the various satellite house churches. And, uh, and you will get the same message as you would uh, were we meeting at the Global Village Academy. The only difference is I'll be in front of this camera. And, uh, and uh, there'll be some of my friends and family here with me in my living room or in my dining room, so to speak. But this broadcast will be simulcast live to, uh, to, the, to the World Wide Web, but especially to the, uh, the various house churches that are meeting throughout the city. So you'll get the same message that you would if you were coming to church. I, I believe you can take some comfort in that, and I want you to take some comfort in that because it's so important for me that I fulfill the call that's on my life. It's so important for me that I stay connected with my people. Uh, you know, the Word of God says that I have to give an account for my people. And I feel this stronger than ever that those that are members of, of Boost Church, if, you, if, you've, if you've joined yourself to this body of believers, that there is a connection, there is a divine connection between you and me, my dear brother and sister. And I'm going to honor that. Uh, uh, what a privilege. What an honor it is for Cindy and, and me to, to be able to share our lives and to pastor this church. I, I've said it uh, in our leadership meeting the other night. You know, I, I've been around a little bit. I've been in different environments and been with different pastors and different churches. And I'll just tell you, there's not a finer group there's not a finer leadership team that I've seen anywhere in any ministry of any size uh, at any time. We have the strongest, the most fiercely loyal uh, uh, people that are, that are helping me and Cindy to lead God's people and to keep God's people, keep the flock strong and healthy and whole and connected. And I'm asking you to just simply honor that. When we go, when you show up at their, their house, you're going to be warmly greeted. There's going to be a time of worship like there always is. I want you to be on time. I want you to participate. Cindy gave us a word just before we went live on YouTube tonight. Participate. Get involved. Worship God with all of your heart when you come into that home church environment. Be prayed up before you get there. That'd be a really good thing. Be prayed up and be ready before you get there. You know, that's what I do on Sunday morning. 
is I'll go down to, to our sanctuary at the Global Village Academy. I get up long before the sun is up and I'll go down there and walk the floor for a while and pray for you getting ready for Sunday morning. Why don't you join me in that? Why don't you get prayed up before 10 o'clock on Sunday morning? Take a walk with the Lord sometime, maybe around the block, what have you, depending on the weather, what have you. And maybe just back and forth in your house or, you know, Pastor Steve says sometimes you got to go out in the garage and get in the car and roll up the windows and have have a little uh, meeting with the Lord out there in the, in the car, in the garage. Now, don't start the engine, okay? But it's important for us to be prayed up, okay, and to be ready for church so that at 10 o'clock, uh, again, please be on time. At 10 o'clock, show the Lord some honor and respect just because we're not meeting at Global Village Academy this is no less valid because you're meeting at a home church. Show the Lord the respect and the honor and the reverence that is due unto his holy name by being on time, being prayed up. Bring an offering with you. No, the church's finances are, are not, we're not hurting at all. In fact, during this time when a lot of people are struggling, there is light in our houses. When the world is in gross darkness, there is light in our houses, say that with me. Say, there's light, there's glory, there's provision, there's prosperity in my house. So the offerings that we're going to be receiving uh, will come directly into the general fund. If you'd like to designate funds for, the, for the, uh, the building fund, that's fine, just like you always do. You know, I just made up my mind uh, that I'm not going to really uh, 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 make big, wild swings in my in my spiritual life because of coronavirus. I'm not fasting and praying for hours extra. I always do a little fasting and praying as, as I go along just about all the time. Uh, and we receive communion. Cindy and I received communion the other day. That's fine. But I am not going to make these wild uh, swings in my, uh, in my routine for coronavirus. You want to know why? Because I've been walking by faith for, over, for 32 years. I've been walking in, in divine healing for 32 years. I've been repelling viruses for 32 years. We were made for this, friend. This is our moment. This is our, this is our day. This is our time. Arise, shine, for the glory of the Lord is going to be seen on you. And the, the Gentiles, these verses say, are going to see that light on you. Look at what it says here. For behold, the darkness shall cover the earth, and the gross darkness the people, but the Lord shall arise upon thee, and his glory shall be seen upon thee, and the Gentiles shall come to your light. That's what this is all about. The more that the light increases in the family of God, in the kingdom of God, and at Boost Church, the more the, the light increases on us by us getting together, staying together, walking in love, walking by faith, there's going to be more glory on us. They're going to see it. They're just going to see it. And the kings are going to come to the brightness of thy rising. Verse 4, lift up thine eyes round about and see. All they gather themselves together. They come to thee. Thy sons shall come from far. And thy daughters shall be nursed at thy side. Verse 5, then shalt thou see and flow together and thine heart shall fear and be enlarged because the abundance of the sea shall be converted unto thee. This is talking about the great end time harvest, the great end time harvest that the greats of the faith have prophesied for, for decades, for centuries that this time would come 
uh, I believe it was Smith Wigglesworth said that there was coming a revival. And uh, many revivals have come and gone, uh, uh, even in my lifetime and before my time. But those revivals always had an ebb and a flow. You know, the, the Welsh revival had an ebb and a flow. The voice of healing had an ebb and a flow, like the waves of the sea, you know. And the, uh, the charismatic renewal in the 70s, I got in on some of that as a small boy. We saw things in the charismatic church in the 70s I've never seen in the modern church, but you're going to see it. Now, Brother Wigglesworth said many, many decades ago, I don't know, might have been 100 years ago, I don't know for sure. He said this, late, this revival that's coming, there's going to be uh, uh, only, there's going to be an in, is it the ebb, but no flow. The waves are going to come in one upon another, one upon another, one upon another, and the waves will stack up and the, and the, the uh, revival will increase, the, the anointing will increase, the presence of God will increase, the power of God will increase, the, the uh, harvest will increase. And this is the end time harvest, not only of souls, but also of healing, also of finances, the great end time wealth transfer, friend. We're right on the brink of it. I, I, I'm saying to you by the Holy Ghost, we're right on the brink of the great end time wealth transfer. You see the stock market doing this. You see housing doing this. You see the economy doing this. You got to know what's coming next, friend. You got to know what's coming next. And this is what's coming next. It is going up. And, and we need to be on the right side of this curve. Amen. And uh, we are. Boost Church is well positioned to be on the right side of the great end time harvest of souls. We have the, the infrastructure, the spiritual infrastructure to manage the influx of souls that are surely coming into our assembly, that are surely coming into our home churches. And when our time comes to meet again as, as a body of believers in one house, and that day won't, it won't be long from now, but when that time comes, will be stronger than ever. And I just believe that uh, if we're on the right side of this curve, that this increase can be exponential. Is that what you want? Is that what you want? That's what every church wants, I believe. Every on-fire church wants this, all right? And I want to be in the middle of it, don't you? So do this with me. Stay prayed up. Get in the word. Be on time. And when at 10 o'clock, be ready to worship, Okay? And about 10.30, we're going to come on live with a live stream. You know, we're going to greet you in Jesus' name, just like we always do, excuse me, at Boost Church on Sunday morning. And it's going to be great. You're going to love it. You're going to be edified. You're going to be encouraged. You're going to be strengthened with might by the Holy Ghost. Can you say amen? Now, before I leave, I just want to share, you, share with you one or two scriptures on healing. That wouldn't hurt us now, now would it? Okay, so look with me, if you would, please at uh, Matthew chapter 4, Matthew chapter 4. Now, we taught on Sunday uh, about the, the blessing and the curse. You ought to get the podcast. Get on boostchurch.com, get the app, find the podcast. If you can't find it, just send an email to info at boostchurch.com, and we'll send it to you. You'll get the, the podcast, the, the uh, YouTube channel. It's all there for you. So there's, so there's no excuse. You can get this. And I'm just going to tell you, there, there is a rare word that God has given us, uh, and it's just for you. And I believe that if you will take this word and build it into your spirit, that you will be positioned well for the bump that's to come. Can you say amen? So look with me at uh, 
Matthew chapter 4, verse 23. This is at the dawn of Jesus' ministry. At the very dawn of Jesus' ministry, in the early chapters of your New Testament. It says in verse 23 of Matthew 4, And Jesus went about all Galilee, teaching in their synagogues, preaching the gospel of the kingdom, and healing all kinds of sickness and all kinds of disease among the people. And it says in verse 24, and his fame went throughout all Syria. I want his fame to go all over Colorado. I want his fame. And this is our responsibility. This is our opportunity. This is our moment to see that his fame goes all over the earth. Because we are going to be the epicenter of the revival that's coming. His fame went throughout all Syria and they brought unto him all the sick people that were taken with all kinds of diseases and torments and those that were possessed with devils and those that were lunatic and those that had the palsy and he healed them. Healed them who? Healed them all. They brought unto him people with all kinds of sickness and disease and he healed every single one of them. I want you to be thinking about healing, talking about healing, meditating on healing. Now, you know that might mean you might have to, to limit your exposure to the news media right now. Now, I like to watch the news as much as the next guy does, but it just seems to me right now it's so repetitive and it's so negative that I, I can't even hardly stand to watch even my favorite talking heads on cable TV now. I have to limit it and see if they discovered anything new. And it just takes a minute or two and you know they haven't seen, they have no answers and nothing new. So limit the access that the, the bad news has into your spirit and your soul and your body. Because hearing and hearing and hearing produces faith either in healing or in sickness. Okay? So I want you to meditate on healing. Talk about healing. And, and walk in your healing, all right? Every time that the TV says, you know, it's going to get worse, say, I'm getting better. Every time somebody says, well, I sure would be afraid if I was you, say, well, I think I'd be in faith if I was you. Now, try to stay out of these dumb little arguments, and you know, we, we can't correct everybody's speech, all right? We're not the, we're not the word faith police here now. You know, you got to have a faith buddy or two, but don't go around correcting everybody's speech when they say stuff. I mean, it, it's... It's astonishing to me uh, how eager some people are to correct one another's speech, and they call themselves faith people when faith works by love, and love doesn't have to get the last word, amen. Can you say amen? Is there anybody out there, or have you gone home? All right, so let's just stay in the Word of God here, shall we? Look with me at uh, Matthew chapter 8, uh, verse 1. All right, if, if you're following along with me, I'm reading the King James Bible. Okay, it says, when he was come down from the mountain, speaking of Christ, Great multitudes followed him. Now, think about this with me for just a moment. If a multitude followed him, how many would that be? Anybody? Yeah, you in the back. Three, four hundred, five, six hundred? Okay, fine. Eight hundred, a thousand? I don't know, but it's more than just a handful, isn't it? It's more than just a few if there's a multitude, right? It says there was multitudes. So there's multiple multitudes. So if in your mind, a multitude is a couple hundred, a couple thousand, couple, I don't know. Then he says it was plural, great multitudes. So you can, you're, you're starting to multiply the number of multitudes now, aren't we? Now, the next descriptive term that the Bible gives us, there was great multitudes that followed him. Not little pequeñitos, 
multitudes, but great big grandotes multitudes, can you say amen? Big groups of people were following him. And behold, why were they following him? Because of the miracles and the healings that he did, and he still does today because Jesus Christ is the same. Hebrews 13, 8, I believe it is. Jesus Christ, the same yesterday and today and forever. If he healed people in Matthew chapter 8, he'll heal people in 2020 because he never changes because he's God. Some people might tell you, well, healing's passed away, but Jesus has been raised from the dead. And he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. He is still healing people today. I mean, he heals me. He's healed me so many times. And I think we need to get to a place where we're walking in divine health and we repel sickness, not just try to get well when we get sick. Are you out there? Say amen. So look at verse two. And behold, there came a leper. Now, do you know what a leper is? Leprosy is a contagious disease. Now we have, I believe... Uh, antibiotics and modern science and stuff has all but eradicated leprosy today in our, in our time. But in these days, it was before modern science, before modern medicine, uh, leprosy, if a person got leprosy, that was it. They had leprosy for life. There was no way out. There was no cure. And in the Levitical law, if you study the Old Testament under the law of Moses, there was very strict uh, uh, regulations on how to deal with lepers. They had to be separated from society. They had to call out, unclean, unclean, if they got anywhere near anybody. You talk about your social distancing. The, uh, the, the Bible is, uh, you know, gave instructions for social distancing, and it started with the leper because they were fabulously contagious. And when a person got leprosy, they had it for life. So in that respect, it was certainly terminal. Now, whether they lived a few years or many years, I couldn't say. But they had it for life, so in that respect, it was terminal. Now, a person with leprosy would lose digits. I've heard tell that they could be holding a cup of coffee, put down that cup of coffee, and their finger would stick to the, to the, uh, to the cup. And they just lose digits. They lose noses. They lose uh, uh, toes, feet, hands, arms. God knows what all. It was a horrible disease. And they were considered uh, unclean according to the law of Moses. Now, you got to understand that Jesus is a, a, a prophet functioning under the Abrahamic covenant. And he said he came to fulfill the law of Moses, not do away with it. And he certainly fulfilled it. All right, in his life, in his death, burial, resurrection, and ascension, he fulfilled the law of Moses. But leprosy, you have to understand, was a contagious disease. And it wasn't transmitted, my understanding, not by water droplets or by airborne viruses and such, but by touch, simply by touch. Let's read the Bible, see what it says about this. And behold, there came a leper and worshiped him, saying, Lord, if thou wilt, if you wanted to, you could make me clean. Now this man is desperate. Now how many lepers do you think they were? Jesus talked about this in Luke chapter four, where he says there was many lepers in the days of, uh, 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 I think it was Eli Elias, and but none of them was cleansed, saving Naaman the Syrian. So leprosy had been uh, dealt with throughout Israel's history, but also healing from leprosy had happened before. So this leper had reason to believe that he could receive healing just like Naaman the Syrian. But you got to know there was many lepers there, probably in the crowd. I remember one uh, anecdote in the New Testament where there was 10 lepers that were healed, but only one of them came back to thank God. And he was not only cleansed of leprosy, 
but he was made whole. That is, his lost digits were restored. Jesus is wonderful. Isn't Jesus wonderful? Now, behold, there came a leper and worshipped him. He must have come in close now. Must have come in close. And he was violating some social distancing and saying, Lord, if you wanted to, you could make me clean. And Jesus put forth his hand. So he must have been that close to Jesus. Right? Can you see this? I'm just reading the Bible here. It's very simple stuff. Black and white and red letters here. Jesus put forth his hand and touched him. See, Jesus is not afraid of sickness and neither am I. Now, why didn't Jesus touch every single leper in, in the world? Well, Jesus said, I only do those things that I see my father doing. I only speak those words that I hear my father saying. So he was perfectly in tuned day by day, moment by moment, step by step, word by word with the father. And so must we be. And in the meantime, we should use some common sense. There's no reason for a Christian to unnecessarily expose themselves to sickness and disease and pretend they're in faith. Okay, well, John G. Lake did it. Well, I don't think I'm talking to John G. Lake today. All right? There's no reason, there's no Bible reason for you or me to unnecessarily expose ourselves to sickness or disease. Now, if God calls you to lay hands on somebody, that's fine. Okay? All right. Or if somebody is calling for healing. But, you know, you can speak the word only and they can be healed too. We see this in the same chapter. I, I may not get to it tonight, but the Roman centurion said, Jesus, you don't have to do anything special. Just speak the word and my servant shall be made whole. All right. Verse three, Jesus put forth his hand and touched him saying, I will. Some translations say, of course I will. Will what? My will is for you to be healed. Now, uh, the Bible says over and over in your New Testament that there is no respect of persons with God. What he did for one, he'll do for anyone. God responds to our faith. God does not respond to need. God responds to faith. Now, this man apparently had been meditating the scriptures, perhaps about Naaman the Syrian or about the goodness of God. And he had enough faith to approach the master. And, and you know, he, like a lot of people, maybe didn't have enough uh, Christian education <laughs> to realize what the will of God might be. He knew that Jesus was able he just wasn't absolutely convinced that Jesus was willing. And I think there's a lot of Christians right there that God is able. God could heal us if he wanted to. God can do anything. Well, that's fine. But will he? Is it his will? Well, this is a copy of his will and testament. The New Testament of Jesus Christ. This is his will. And when the leper questioned the will of God for healing, Jesus, who is the will of God, manifested Okay, Jesus said, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. Jesus didn't do anything in his life and ministry that was not in the perfect will of God. He perfectly pleased the Father. And if it was not God's will for the leper to be healed, then Jesus should never have said, I will. Because what Jesus did, everything he did, every word he spoke, every step he took was in the perfect will and plan of God. Can you say amen? 
So when Jesus said, I will, he was saying for you, for me, for every man, woman, boy, and girl that ever has lived, ever will live and is alive today, that it is the will of God, the unquestioned will of God for every one of us to walk in divine health. Can you say, man, you got to believe this now. You got to sink your teeth into this and say, Jesus, say this with me, say, Jesus is the will of God. You know, Pastor Steve likes to say Jesus is perfect theology. If you got your, if you're not sure about your theology, if you're not sure that you got your theology squared away just right, why don't you just check in with the master? Because Jesus is perfect theology. If you're, if you're confused, if you're wondering about anything about God, look at Jesus because he was the perfect manifestation of the will, the character, the person, and the heart of the Father God in the form of a man. Jesus was 100%, is 100%, always was 100% God Almighty. If God the Father says the Son is God, then that's good enough for me. God turned to him in Hebrews chapter 2 and said, Thy throne, O God, is forever and ever. A scepter of righteousness is the scepter of thy kingdom. Thou hast loved righteousness and hated iniquity. Therefore, God, even thy God, has anointed thee with the oil of gladness above thy fellows. <laughs> Woo! Jesus is God. And he is the, the, the will of God in the earth. You got to believe this now. You got to believe this. This will work for you if you'll just believe in Jesus and believe that he wants you well. And even there may be somebody watching us tonight that uh, may have been diagnosed with coronavirus. Let me just tell you here, with all the compassion and love in my heart as a minister of the gospel, that the Bible says that you are healed. You're not trying to get healed. The will reads that you were healed when Jesus took those stripes on his back. Do you believe that? Then why don't you say that? Why don't you just start saying that until faith comes and drives that sickness out of you? There will come a moment when faith will arise to a level where it can drive out any sickness if we will meditate the scriptures long enough and strong enough. Uh, God wrote to Joshua in Joshua 1.8 and said, This book of the law, or the word of God, shall not depart out of thy mouth, but thou shalt meditate. That word meditate means to mutter or mumble or speak to thyself, you know. Thou shalt meditate therein day and night that you may observe to do according to all that is written therein. For then you will make your way prosperous. And then you will have good success. Now being healed would be part of success now, wouldn't it? Wouldn't it now? I mean, aren't you more successful when you're well? Come on now, let's not make religious excuses. You want to be well, don't you? Say, yes, I desire to be well. Well, the Bible says the desire of the righteous shall be granted. The Bible says the desire of the righteous is only good. And Jesus said, what things soever you desire, do you desire to be well? Well, that would be a whatsoever things you desire now, wouldn't it? What things soever you desire, when you pray. Now we're praying right here, right now in my dining room. When you pray, believe that you receive them and you shall have them. That means the seed has been planted and the fruit is surely coming forth if you don't dig up the root. If you got a seed and you got a root, and you get some water, how do you water it? You just worship God, you praise God, you thank God. You might want to tell somebody. You may not be able to tell everybody when it's in seed form. Hmm? Some people will help you dig it up and check on it. How are you feeling? You might want to check and see how you're feeling. But listen, I don't care if it's coronavirus 
or a sprained ankle or cancer or dementia or diabetes or whatever it is, psoriasis. I don't care if it's sclerosis of the liver. I don't care what it is. You are healed. Now, I'm going to pray with you right now, okay? And right now, while I'm praying, I want you to believe that you receive. When I put my two hands together, let's have that be our moment of contact, shall we? Let's just say that the moment that my two hands touch, from that moment, you are believing and therefore you are receiving. Now, whether the symptoms all go away in one second, one day, one week, whatever, who cares? All that matters is you plant the seed, you water it, it'll take root, and it'll bear fruit. Are you ready? I'm going to pray. Father, in Jesus' name, I'm speaking healing to my brother, my sister, my listener, my viewer right now in the name of Jesus. Now, what I want you to say is I'm taking it. I'm taking it. I'm taking it. I'm taking it. You got to mean business now and say, I am taking my healing. Now I want you to talk with me to coronavirus. So we're going to pray. We're going to speak against this thing in your house, in your city, in your state, in your country, in Jesus name. We have authority in our sphere of influence. You see, say this with me, say coronavirus, you're under my feet. You have no power over me. I will not yield to you. Coronavirus, you're under my feet. You're under my authority. I will not yield to you. Say this with me. We are going to curse coronavirus. Are you ready? Say, coronavirus, I curse you. Point way down in hell where coronavirus belongs, okay, with the devil. Think about this. Throughout the ages of eternity, Satan himself will be ravaged with every disease he has ever put on any man, woman, boy, or girl forever and ever and ever. And there'll be no rest for him. And it'll get worse every day throughout the ages of eternity. He, the insufferable punishment that he will uh, uh, be overwhelmed with will only get worse throughout the ages of eternity for every person that he has ever hurt here on earth, including coronavirus. Oh yeah, this is where, this is where coronavirus came from, is from Satan. All sickness comes from Satan, and that's where it's going back to right now in Jesus' name. Say this with me, say, coronavirus, I curse you in Jesus' name. You cannot control this country. You cannot control my church. You cannot control the state of Colorado. You cannot control my city in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. We bless you, Lord. Now let's water that seed, someone worship God. I worship you, Lord. I bless you for your anointing. I bless you for the written word of God. I bless you for the Holy Ghost in my house and in my heart and on my life. I bless you for Boost Church in the name of Jesus. Prosper us now, Lord, in Jesus' name. Send now prosperity to Boost Church, Lord, in Jesus' name. And from Boost Church, the word of healing shall go out to the nations in Jesus' name. All right, so I'm just going to wrap it up here. And then uh, we will... Uh, uh, this will be on our YouTube channel, so you can direct your friends to it if you'd like to. But remember, you will be receiving a call from your uh, Boost Group leader in the coming moments or days. Uh, give, them, give them a day or two to get a hold of you because they have a list they're going through, all right? But if you have not received a call and you would like to, uh, you need a RSVP, okay, uh, to be in a Boost Home Church group. We're doing this for the safety and security, not only of our members, but also society at large, okay? Because we have been asked politely by the president and by the governor and by our elders in the faith 
to cooperate with what they're trying to do to eradicate this virus from people that may not have the kind of faith that you and I have. That Listen, there is no, no fear in, in me. There's no fear in Boost Church. There's no fear in our membership. And so it's not hard for us to say, you know what, I'm just going to cooperate a little bit here. All right. So I'm asking you as your pastor, as your friend, as your brother in Christ to uh, wait for an RSVP uh, before you uh, uh, join a house church at Boost Church. Okay. All right. That way we can manage who is coming and who is going for the safety and security of our people and society at large. All right. So you will receive a phone call. And if you do not, and then I want you to reach out to us by email, info at boostchurch.com. That's I-N-F-O at boostchurch.com. Well, I love you. I'm going to let you go for tonight. And you'll be seeing uh, more of these uh, probably on, on Wednesday nights as well as we expand. And who knows how long this will go on. But I will be here for you. You can always reach me at, bo- at info at boostchurch.com. This is Brian Lee. I love you. I am praying for you. I want you to pray for me. Until the next time we gather together around the Word of God, In Jesus' name, remember to feed your faith. (laughs) Well, it's strong. It's strong in here, friend. Let me try it again. Feed your faith. Starve your doubts. Walk in love because Jesus is coming.